Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. And uh, let's pray for the word of God. Father, thank you for this day. Lord, this is a day that's set apart in this nation to celebrate moms, to celebrate those you've given us, those wombs where we were able to develop in our physical existence here upon the earth. Father, we still don't know what the blessing it was to have a womb. We still don't know why you created that connection for nine months even before we've come out into this world. We still don't know the power there is in the nurture that takes place in a relationship with a mom and his, her, her offspring, her sons and daughters. But you're faithful to reveal all things and you're faithful, Lord, to give us an understanding so that we can exercise that which you created for the utmost potential. All of us see the devastation and the loss when we lose a relationship with our mom when we lose a connection with our children. Father, we know that it is more than just physical because you're a spirit and you created moms to provide spiritual nourishment as well as physical. I pray, Lord, that you give us a heart for these things that we might be heirs, inherit your goodness, Lord, that we might see the flourishing and the fruitfulness of those who understand what the calling of nurture is. We pray that you would bless your word, that you would prosper it, that it would bring forth a harvest that would glorify your name. We pray that you would awaken us to your presence through the Holy Spirit, that you might convict us and bring us back to the place where that lifeline is not lost so that we might see your glory upon the earth, Lord. We give you thanks in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. It is there at the beginning of time that God reveals a little bit of what's taking place between a woman and her offspring. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, when God is addressing the woman who had fallen into sin, and when he describes what the, the clash would be with respect to a woman and her offspring and a devil that wants to destroy. He says, I will put enmity, I will make enemies between you and the woman, talking to the devil. You guys will not be friends. And between your offspring, devil, and hers, the children of moms. The the offspring of a woman will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So this, this... Meditation on a continual basis sets the platform of the battle that rages between a woman and Satan, between the seed of a woman and uh, the devil's seed and legacy and descendants and how powerful it will be that he will crush your head. If the relationship is right, A woman and that which she nurtures produces an incredible devastation to to the kingdom of darkness. And you will strike his heel. Talking about the devil trying to hinder man's progress as he tries to attain to 
the things that God has set him upon the earth to do. So this is a light that is not commonly used with respect to a mom. That a mother is a fierce warrior to contend with. And her nurturing and her development will bring great devastation into darkness realm and to uh, devil's kingdom. One of the most vicious descriptions of this um, of this reality is found in Genesis, uh, not Genesis, Judges chapter 4, verse 17. There's a man by the name of Sisera, and he's fleeing. He's the enemy of the people of God. He's brought great devastation on the people of Israel. And while he fled on foot, he ended up at the tent of Yael. He sees himself running into a woman's house. She's the wife of Eber the Kenite because there was a, an alliance between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the family of Eber the Kenite. Verse 18 says, when this man fled into her tent, Yael, which is the wife, went out to meet Sisera and said to him, come, my Lord, come right in. Do not be afraid. So he entered her tent and she covered him with a blanket. This woman is inviting the enemy into the home and she's making him comfortable. Verse 19 says that he said, I'm thirsty, please give me some water. And she opened up skin of milk and gave him to drink and covered him up. Verse 20. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone in there, say no. Verse 21. But Yael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer. And she went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted, and she drove the peg through his temple into the ground, and he died. Now, this is a powerful illustration at what a woman's capacity is to destroy the enemy that tries to come into her home. And while women have been painted in every light, and the description of Mother's Days is fair flowers, pastel colors, and delightful pleasantries. The truth of the matter is that a woman is called to defend her home against every adversity that could come and devastate the land. A woman was called out to be the force to contend with against every element that would contend against the kingdom of God and its prosperity. On this description of how Yael puts a tent peg with a hammer through the temple of this man was a very, to me, a, a description that is really crazy. Verse 22 says that she went out and announced her victory. When those people that were pursuing Sisera, Barak came in pursuit 
Yahweh went out to meet him, and she says, come in. I'm going to show you the job is already done. The man you're looking for. And she went in with her, uh, and there lay Sisera with a tent peg through his temple dead. Uh, I want to suggest that you women that are here today begin to, and, and it, for me, in, in times past, there was a time that my mother shared on Mother's Day up here. There was a time uh, that my wife, as the mother of this house, uh, shared and, and all that stuff. And, and so I'm a little bit reluctant to teach women. How many say amen? Why? Because of the obvious. I'm not a woman. But I, I am sure that if women get filled with the Spirit of God and women reach deep within the crevices of Bible understanding, that what God created within woman is no flimsy, emotional, uh, you know, bygone. Uh, what they say, what do they say about airhead? No. That, that is all a description of Satan's desire to subtract woman from the powerhouse that she is. And so while a lot of people um, will produce stigma in a woman, well, you don't know, well, you don't understand, guess what? You do know, you do understand. And you fill yourself up with wisdom and become Yael and grab your peg and grab your hammer and start killing everything that's in your house that's the enemy of God. Start destroying those things that are producing the anti-nurture because that's, that's the word for today. A woman was created to nurture her home. Titus chapter 2 verse 3, it says it should be that the older women would be... Uh, able to walk in reverence in the way they live, not to be given to a lot of words that are meaningless, not to be addicted to much wine, and that talks about um, today it would be Sanax and all the type of emotional pills, but to teach what is good, to be an example of that which God created in woman. What is the fullness I, I said it in, in openly in one of, my, uh, one of my crusades or it was either a television program. I, I want to tell you that what gives me assurance and courage to preach the way I do is not so much the men that stand around me, but the women that are in this house. I told them, if I had, if I, I, I said it often, if I had to pick a woman to defend me, I, I would call Julieta Masulo. Nobody, absolutely, nobody's going to mess with me as long as she's around. Right, Julieta? Absolutely. Because of the fierce nature of her love and her heart towards my life and ministry and this house. And so I've said it openly and publicly, and it's true. And, and not only do I say it, but God says it. Uh, we'll continue along in this round. Here Paul is telling the older women to be reverent, to live as example, not giving over, wasting time. Verse 4, it says, So that they could urge the younger women to dedicate themselves to their husband and their children. I want to tell you that the main calling of a mother is to... Conduct herself in such a way that she's nurturing the life of her husband, 
the life of her children, and she is a homemaker, not a homebreaker. She, she, her heart is into her husband, into her children, into her home. She's watching over the ways of her house. Verse 5, the older women teach the younger women to be self-controlled, to be pure, to be busy at home, to, to concentrate their efforts on, on raising up. And, and this is the challenge of our day because a lot of women hate the home. And the reason they hate the home, and I have a pastor's wife who says, Joaquin, you know something? You say something about women, and I'm totally against it because I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to cook. I said, that's your problem, woman. Take a class on cooking. Start learning. Start learning how to cultivate the environment that makes your family overcome the kingdom of darkness. Begin to nurture this place. Uh, you know, the devil has made, uh, just like he has created the womb to be a safe haven for children, and today the most dangerous place to be in the entire world is inside a womb. There's more death that occurs in a womb than any war and any nation and any battlefield upon the earth. It's more dangerous to be in a womb because a woman has hated the devil has caused women to hate and men to hate that offspring that is nurtured in the womb. So the same way, the home becomes a place of, of contempt. We no longer want to be home. I want to tell you, you can never be a mother as God intended until you begin to expert, be an expert, have expertise in the dwelling. That's where the source of your power and strength lie. It's not where you're devoid. There's one woman, she, she hated the fact that she was in the home. She came out to our church years ago. She looked like a gorilla. And she didn't want to have any more babies. She was done with family. And she's almost manlike in her features and, and her disposition. Uh, the word man comes from the Latin word hombro. And it passes over to hombre. Well, a woman is not an hombre. She's not to be shouldering the responsibility and the weight of the affairs of this life. She should have a man next to her. She should be encouraging that man and helping him with the weight that he carries. And today, men don't carry weight. That's why they're all effeminate. They look like women and men, women look like men. And that's not the kingdom of God. That's a distortion and an aberration. And so here, to be discreet, self-controlled, chaste, homemakers, walking in such a manner that they honor their husbands so that the word of God is not distorted and blasphemed. So things aren't out of whack. And so this is this word, homemaker. And the Greek is oikos uh, oiko ergon, where oikonomis is a house that has governed well. O oikonomis is the Greek word. It comes. It's translated into English, economy. Oikonomis, economos. So these two words is is the order. Uh, of the house, and then the work of a woman, a mother, is oiko ergon, 
which is keeping, guarding, safeguarding the home. And if you're not home, you can't safeguard it. And if your heart is out in the street, you're a wayward woman. If you know the, how to navigate the malls better than you do the household, you've missed your calling. And the devil is destroying your offspring and destroying the children and the children of the children of the children for a thousand generations. So what do we hear today in the house of God? We get the understanding of God that a mother's place according to the heart of the God, is in the heart of her husband, in the heart of her children, in the heart of her home. And women are all outside conducting affairs that do not concern the home. So we don't have families anymore. And God's design is for family. God's design is for healthy, prosperous family. Uh, I, I want my daughter, and the other day it was funny, it was funny, as I, I, I was sitting, we were having dinner with my daughter. I got back from Texas to Los Angeles. We're, we're having dinner, and, and we're, we're at a nice restaurant. And my, my daughter says, I want to have a restaurant when I grow up. And I, I want to have this. This is going to be on our menu, and this is what we're going to cook, and it's going to be a real cool. I go, I'm glad you have so many plans for your husband. <laughs> I go, Really? Well, I'll let him be the chef, or I'll let him be the manager. No. So we groom up a daughter so that when the man of God comes with the calling of God, she's faithful, keeping the home and guarding, safeguarding his, his dwelling place, being a Yael, having a peg in her hand. What would have this woman done, grabbing the peg upside down, grabbing the hammer, and, and I don't know how to put in, I don't know how to establish my home to beat the enemy in my house. I don't know how to keep the devil out of the lives of my sons and daughters. And so this co component of working, guarding the home is that which is a, a mother's call. It's, it's, not, it's not a daughter's call. It's a mother's call. To nurture is something that God has created in woman. Uh, it's the practical demonstration of true love, giving up of yourself, sacrificing, an opportunity to nourish and to provide fruitfulness, a climate of flourishing, a climate not, not, not solely in the physical realm, but, but in the intensity that God allows. See, when God is talking about a woman, Isaiah 66, 13, he identifies when he's going to go to this aspect of protection he doesn't go to a warrior. He doesn't go to a, a UFC fighter. He goes, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. Well, this, this aspect of nurture, the, the, the lifeline that we need in order to flourish, doesn't come from dad. Doesn't come, even God transfers himself over into the mother's capacity to nurture so I will comfort you in the same manner you shall be comforted, Jerusalem. It's kind of strange that God would, would, would say, you know something, I, I'm going to give this illustration. Uh, Paul slams dunk it. Uh, the apostle Paul in the New Testament, he starts saying, as a mother breastfeeds his children, so I have breastfed you. That's freaky. Let's read that in, in 1 Thessalonians 2.7. I was like a gentle mother 
When we were among you, we were gentle, just as a nursing mother nurtures her own children. Paul is saying, man, when it's, when it's this capacity to flow in a grace, I had to transfer my nature into a nature that has the capacity to nurture, to impart, to give forth that which is needed to flourish. When this is lost, things are deprived. When things are deprived, you're not going to get the fruit that you so long for. You're not going to have what was intended by God's design. So just, just as it's unusual for a man to say, I was gentle among you, to offer my life to you as a mother who offers her breast to her children, I'm going to have to change my mindset when it comes to being able to nourish. Just as a nursing mother is able to impart to her children. Uh, for whatever it's worth, I'm going to say it. I, I know it needs not be said because it's, it's already underlying. You, mom, that are here today, you're perfecting your nurture is what God has called you to. And it's not a nurture in a weird sense where you promote the ungodly where you nurture in the sentiment of foolishness. This thing about a woman giving permission to her son to what her husband has said no to, that's not nurturing. That's not mothering. That's a curse. So begin to nurture in such a way that it promotes righteousness. It holds up godly standards. 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul tells Timothy, I could see that what was passed down from your grandmother to your mother it was also when I call to remembrance genuine faith that is in you, what is in you well, first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and then your mother, Eunice. It was passed down by these women, and I'm persuaded that this substance that these women brought into your lives is also the substance that you have. Um, I'll tell you the example I had in my grandmother. My grandmother, when I went to go tell her I was going to have my first baby, I said, hey, grandmother, we're having a baby. She goes, that woman wants to control you. <laughs> That's old school stupidity. That's foolishness at the extremes. Don't be that type of mother or grandmother. Don't pass on to your other generations the stupidity and foolishness that was passed on to you. Grab onto the principles of God and wisdom. And pass those downs because those will be in the lives of your grandchildren and their children will benefit from it. When God writes the entire book of Proverbs, if you, if you read the beginning of Proverbs, it says the, all the words that are written herein are for your prosperity and blessing so that you might conduct life in a manner which is fit in every form. It's, it's really powerful. Let's, let's read that in Proverbs chapter 1. Verse 1 and 2 and 3, um, look what it says. The Proverbs of Solomon. This is Proverbs 1.1, 1, 1, verse 2. The son of David, king of Israel. This is the wisest saying that are upon the land. Verse 2. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom and justice and judgment and equity. Verse 4. That allows you to give prudence to simple, 
to the young man knowledge and discretion. Verse 5. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. A man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Verse 6. To understand a proverb, a mystery, an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. So, as he's opening up the book of all the wisdom man needs, a whole book written for wisdom, for understanding, for wise counsel, and it, this book ends with the culmination of wisdom in Proverbs 31, verse 10, and throughout, to finish off this book of Proverbs, it addresses a wife. A mother, one who looks over her household, one who looks over the efforts of her, the ways of the home, the protector of the home. God says, I am like a woman who nurtures you. Paul says, like a woman who breastfeeds. But now let's get into some craziness here in Hosea, Hosea 13.8. This woman in the fullness of her wisdom becomes like a a a bear deprived of her cubs. This is when God wants to talk about something vicious and violent. He talks about trying to mess with a woman and her home. The most vicious description upon the earth is not Dracula, it's not Frankenstein, it's a woman when you mess with her home. You don't want to see that. You don't want to see that manifestation of godly wrath when somebody is trying to come in to tear down what God has established to destroy the kingdom of darkness. Now, I feel sorry for those of you who have a foolish wife. I cry at night when I think of the foolish moms who have no influence in the life of their children for godliness that don't have the words of God and his instruction on their lips, who have lost credibility. They no longer know where the peg is, and they no longer know where the hammer is. They're defenseless against Satan and his taking rest in our homes. He's not to have any place in our dwelling place. And the woman is the vicious, it says, like a bear deprived of her cubs, I will tear open their ribcage, and I will devour them like a lion, and a wild beast shall tear them. Every time it's talking about opposing the will and the, the establishment of God's order and his direction and his priorities. Listen, mama bear, it's time for you to stand up and roar. It's time for you to man your post. It's time for you to be the nurturer of your children and not Britney Spears and Katy Perry and the Kardashians. You're supposed to be the, the most influential aspect in the life of your family, in your dwelling place. He says in Proverbs 17:8, let a bear be robbed of her whelps, of her cubs. Let that be what man sees. Is that it? No, let's, let's go looking for it. Let's go to 2 Samuel 17, 8. Samuel 
2 Samuel 17, 8. For said Husha, you know your father and his men, that they are mighty men, and they are enraged in their minds. This is, this is David's legacy in the land. David and his men are like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. Your father is a man of war and will not camp with the people. He is savvy. He knows what he's doing. He's manning his dwelling place. When they're comparing David's fierce battle and courage, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's not synonymous to a grizzly bear, but a, a, a mama bear robbed of her cubs in the field. Nothing's going to stop her from defending her cubs and meeting out justice. Matthew 23, uh, 37, when, when Jesus is talking about coming to Jerusalem, he doesn't say, I, I, I wanted to cover you like a man covers for his house. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill prophets and stones those that are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather you as chicks under a hen being protected by the wings, but you were not willing. Another illustration of what a mom does. Listen, whatever the case may be, and you go around and you blame your husband and you blame your children because your family is not giving God their best, I suggest you get into mama bear mode and that you fight for the blessing in your home and that you pick up your peg and you mark out where the dwelling place lies and you would have to be dead first for you not to do that. That's your call. That's the high call of a mom when she's present. Proverbs 14.1 says, A woman who walks in wisdom will establish a home, but a foolish woman has no clue and it falls apart. A wise woman is able to plug in and to know times and priorities and issues of blessing and don't let anyone mess with those, those marks. Don't let anyone play around. Be vicious about it. Guarantee you it'll pay off in the long run. But the foolish woman has no set markers. Her house falls apart because she's not exercising her role. Proverbs 31, 27. A virtuous woman watches over all the ways of her household and she's not fooling around. She's not eating the bread of idleness. She's not aloof about her affairs. Proverbs 24, 3. It's wisdom that builds a house, understanding that establishes it. Wisdom is the one that raises up a house. I, I, I can see how this passes off from generation to generation to generation. And, and a foolish woman, she, she's not fierce about times and seasons in the life of her sons. Times and seasons in the life of your sons because you were too pleasant or too polite when it wasn't time to be pleasant or polite. It was time to grab a peg and a, and a hammer and kill those things that were encroaching upon your home, your dwelling place. This wisdom builds the house and by understanding it lasts. Verse 4, 
it says the knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. When your mind goes off into the physical realm, you're lost. These are spiritual, deep-seated principles of honor that are in the house. 1 Timothy 5.13. The women that are not like this, it says, Therefore I desire that the younger women marry and bear children and keep a home. That's, that's the process. Single women marry, bear children, have a home. Why? So that you're not giving any opportunity to the devil. You're not giving an opportunity for the devil to to bring about his own purposes. And so Titus chapter 2 verse 5, almost in every one of these letters, the instruction to the women is to be able to, to man the fort with respect to the home. Chapter 2 verse 5. To be discreet, chase makers, oikal organs, working at the home, good, obedient, focused on their own husbands, so that the word of God is established, so the purpose of God is established. As we consider these things this morning, I, I want to ask the moms that are in the house to stand up. I would like to pray for you. I want you to know that you are a force to contend with that there's no devil in hell, there's no demon upon the earth that is to mess with your offspring, with your home, with your marriage, with your grandchildren, that you be fierce, that you not apologize. This whole thing, how the devil has distorted the woman's role in her being to champion the marketplace, sacrificing her children at the altar of foolishness, I tell the young women, if you're not a, a mom, if you're a young woman, could you come up here? If you're, if you're not a mom, all the young women come here that are not a mom, single women. How are these young ladies ever going to have a semblance of what it is to be a woman of God? Look at all these young women. Every time I have the opportunity to talk to one of these young women, I tell them, do me a favor, go and talk to the older women. Go, go, you know, what's not happening is this. The older women are so embarrassed about their experiences in life that they do not tell these younger women. They talk about makeup. They talk about fashion. They talk about good sales and discount. But they don't tell these young women how they went out and married a guy before it was the season. And so their first marriage crashed and burned. They don't, none of these girls know. I'll, I'll use an example. If, if we talk about... Who, who, is, who lost their first marriage? Raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five... 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Okay, these young girls need to have the benefit to know why. 
And if you have not sat down with these girls and said, let me tell you a little story and tell them the nightmare that you lived for not listening, for not waiting, for acting foolish, for you need to. The older women teach the younger women. Because I would hate one day for any of these beautiful princesses to go through the same thing you guys did only because they weren't told. So that's what's supposed to be happening here. And when it's not happening, then you mothers are not manning the fort. You don't have a peg, you don't have a hammer, and you're not driving it through the temple of, here comes some more, look at these. Some that already have plans for their husbands and everything. <laughs> this isn't, it's not happening. Everybody's, I happy Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day. You guys teach these girls how to be fierce with taking care of their womb and the offspring and their families so that they might have hope in this generation. Let's all pray. Everyone raise up your hands to the heavens. Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you that we're in the house of God and we've heard the word of God. We have the mind of Christ and the spirit of the Lord is in this place, raising up mothers that will change the world. Father, make us fierce and courageous. Let us have a strategy how we're to address the enemies that try to come into our house to steal our children, to steal our marriages, to steal our husbands. Give these women the fierce nature of courage that far surpasses man's capacity to be in wrath and enraged before the enemies of God. Give us a passion to fight off like a mother who is robbed of her cubs. Give us that sentiment that it's not going to happen again. Give us the sentiment and the peace that it, it, it took place for a purpose. Don't leave us without weapons. Don't leave us without a warrior's heart. Allow the older women in this place to teach the younger women how to be oikoergons. Work at being guarding the home, guarding the fort, guarding the precious spirit and the principles of wisdom and the passions of defending that which we're to nurture, Lord. Don't allow anything else to nurture our children. Let it not be an encyclopedia. Let it not be an academic school, an Ivy League school. Let it be the heart of a mother that is to be praised by her children and by her husband as she keeps over the, house, the ways of her household. That she grow in the fear of God, in the admonition of the Lord. That she would grow up a strong force to contend with against the enemy. Let her overcome the enmity that there is with the devil and his kingdom. Let her offspring and that which she nurtures be strong and defend that which belongs to God. And that the house of God would be a place also, Lord, where the church, Jerusalem, the mother of us all, nurtures us and protects us and keeps us, O oh God. We pray that you would be glorified today and we celebrate mothers, Lord. We thank you for them. We thank you for your design in their lives. We thank you for their capacity to sacrifice and love unconditionally, Lord. Make them strong, spiritual women in our day. In Jesus' name we pray. And the house of God says amen, amen, and amen.